This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 46, Amanda Chittister. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Jim Thompson, founder and CEO of Positive Coaching Alliance, talks with USA Softball World Cup champion Amanda Chittister. Your uniqueness is what brings you out and what stands you out to, um, to different people, and it's what makes you the best player that you can be. It makes you the player you are. Amanda shares her experiences as a two-time softball All-American at the University of Michigan. She also goes on to encourage responsible parents to support their children through positive encouragement on and off the field. Amanda, I want to start off by introducing you to our audience. Amanda Chittister grew up in Allen Park, Michigan. She attended Cabrini High School where she helped her softball team capture the Michigan State Championship both her sophomore and junior seasons and fell just one game short of a three-peat during her senior campaign. In 2007, she set the record for most RBIs for a junior with 90 and was named the Gatorade State Player of the Year. She went on to compete in college at the University of Michigan, where she played five different positions and was a two-time All-American and Big Ten Player of the Year. She captained the team during her senior year and led the maize and blue in batting average, run score, doubles, RBIs, and slugging percentage. During each of her four seasons, the Wolverines also captured the Big Ten title. After graduation this past April, Amanda was selected as a member of the USA Softball women's national team joining fellow Wolverine Jordan Taylor on the squad. This summer, Team USA captured the World Cup of Softball in Oklahoma City and notched runner-up status in the International Softball Federation World Championships. Amanda, thank you so much for joining the Responsible Sports audience and me today. Of course, it's my pleasure. Besides being a standout in high school in softball, you also were quite a basketball player. How did you end up making the decision to play softball in college? Oh, geez, that is actually a really hard decision for me because if you would ask me in middle school what I was going to do, I would have told I told I was telling everybody that I was going to play um, basketball in college. I was going to make it to the Final Four. I was going to, you know, maybe play in the WNBA. Like I had all these dreams of, you know, playing at UConn or Duke. Like I wanted to be the top basketball player. I played AAU all throughout middle school and and then uh, going into high school. Um, I knew that it was, you know, I had to make a decision by the end of the year of kind of what I wanted, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to commit to. And, you know, I, I played my season in basketball, I played my season in softball. And I always kind of say like, being outside was always so I just enjoyed being outside so much more than, you know, in the gym. I love the gym, but being outside was just, you know, I loved it. And, and softball, I just I knew that I had a little bit more passion for than I did basketball. And my size and my uh, my abilities at softball were a little bit better at um, softball than basketball. So I just decided to go that route. Well, it seems like it's nice that you had two sports that you were passionately in love with. So it wasn't like I mean I've talked to some elite athletes who gave up the sport they love best because they were better in another one. It seems like that's not the case with you. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, no, not at all. I love them both equally. Like I miss it. I miss it so much. Like anytime there's a basketball around or and anytime there was any opportunity I could play basketball, I was out there playing. I miss it so much. And I always, I always said that my fifth year, I was going to do a play year of basketball. I, I wanted to try out and see if I could make the team, but um, I just I decided not to. I needed to stay in shape for softball and, and continue with softball. So you were, you were too good in softball to <laughs> to make that scenario happen. Um, do you feel like um, we we at Positive Coaching Alliance uh, and at Responsible Sports uh, talk to a lot of parents, and whenever kids have some early talent, there's a lot of pressure on those kids. You know, ten, eleven, twelve years old to to specialize. Do you feel like playing a second sport helped you as a softball player? Oh, completely. And, you know, I talk to kids all the time about, you know, I've, I've been giving lessons lately and I just talk to the kids. It's like, you guys got to get out and, and play other sports, experience other things. One, it gives you a break from the sport. And two, you use muscles and, and gain muscles in other areas that, you know, softball doesn't really give you. And it just makes you all around a better athlete. And that's what ultimately colleges are looking for. College coaches are looking for athletes. They don't just want one-dimensional players that only can play softball. Like they're looking for girls who, you know, are versatile and they can, they're just, you know, they can do other things. And and I think that was huge for me growing up. And I played I played volleyball as well. So you know, I got to I took a break from it all. And and so when it was volleyball season, it was volleyball season. And I made sure that I committed to volleyball. Yeah, I would hit in my garage or we would always have, you know, fall practice and stuff. But that was only like once or twice a week. But I completely committed myself to a different sport. And, you know, getting to – I always got to meet new people and um, just experience it. it. It just makes you an all-around better player because you get to experience different things. And and I think that it just, it, it just helps a lot. It seems like a big uh... – advantage of playing multiple sports is you learn how to compete like the the rules are different and the skills are different and so if you're thinking about the mental game um you know you have to adjust and speaking of mental game you know you said that your um your coach debbie norman at cabrini high school taught you a lot about the mental game can you uh say say some things about that well, yeah, I mean, she she knew that um, <clears throat> my athletic ability was there, and it was, you know, she she took it on herself to make sure that my mental game was there. And she would, um, before every every practice, we would all sit around, and she would always have a quote for us out of um, a, like a sports book, or or she'd have like a, a story for us that she'd read. And you know, she when I told her that I wanted to play college, she you know sat me down and said, you know, all girls at that level, all these girls they have the ability but not everyone has the um the mental toughness to be able to get through it and she said that she really recommended me like reading these books and and really trying to commit to what's in these books because you know there is a lot of pressure there is you know a lot of failure in softball and you have to be able to um to be able to handle everything and um so she gave me those books and um I read them and I embraced them and I used everything I could out of them and I can't say how I can't thank her enough for giving me those books at that young of an age to um, use and understand because once I got to the college level I was already familiar with it it was just a matter of me committing to it not like learning it all over again or anything like that like I was already familiar with the information I needed to know to be successful with the mental part of my game it was just trusting myself and and believing that I could do those um, different 
I guess, um, different strategies and tricks to help yourself. So it was just, it was huge for me. You know, softball and baseball especially are games where, as you say, there's so many mistakes. I mean, it's it's a game of mistakes. And being able to bounce back from that so you're not uh, living in the past worrying about the one you just made is really important. How, how, do you have any advice for young players who, you know, they get too wound up when they make a mistake? Oh, they, you know, and like I said, I've been giving lessons, and I can't tell you all these kids, they just want to be perfect. They think that, you know, when when they watch those older girls, you know, when they watch us with USA or at Michigan, they think that we're perfect. We're not perfect, and, and I just, I can't stress that enough to the girls. You're not going to be perfect. The key is, you know, you make a mistake, how are you going to respond? So if you're hitting, and yeah, you pull the ball or you drive it into the ground. So step out of the box, that next pitch, that's what determines how good of a play you are. If you can go into that box and make that adjustment and then hit the next pitch for a line drive, then then that's that's what matters. It doesn't matter that, you know, you made the mistake and you grounded out or you struck out or anything like that. It's it's how you're going to come back on that next one. And and that's that's just huge. It's you, you the, the girls they just have to understand that it's you're not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. You're going to make the mistakes. It's just how you bounce back and how you respond to them and if you're able to make the adjustments. It seems to me that's where the mental toughness comes in too because it's so tempting, so powerful to, to think about the mistake you just made and kind of beat yourself up for it. Exactly. And you just, and I, you know, I, you got to have that positive attitude. And I think that's kind of what's helped me throughout um, my career is just, you know, it, it stuff happens. You just got to, you got to, it's okay. Like you just got to stay positive with things and, and, and trust and believe that that work and that time that you put in by yourself is going is good enough to get you through. And, and when you can trust and believe that, that's when success starts to happen. But the second you start trying to do all those things or trying to make things happen, trying to hit the ball, trying to do all that, trust me, I've, I've done all that and I've tried and it doesn't work. <laughs> um, you know, when you were at the University of Michigan, um, I find this kind of unbelievable. You played catcher, outfield, first base, second base, and third base. Um, was that fun for you? Was it, um, you know, having to switch what you needed to focus on for each different position? H- how did you handle that? At first, it was, you know, my freshman year, I kind of was just, you know, out there like a, a little puppy. Hutch always called me a little dog because I just loved being out there. I did whatever I was told. I just, I loved it. So I, I moved all around. And then once I kind of like, it was something that was always going to happen, I kind of got overwhelmed with it a little bit because, you know, I look at all the players around me and, and they're all getting all these reps and in stuff at one position and they're becoming the best they can be at one position and I'm continually moving all around trying to be you know the best at all these different positions so you know so at first I was fine and then then I when I really thought about it I really became overwhelmed with it it was just it was so much I overthought everything and I would make the mistakes and I'd be so hard on myself because I wasn't I wasn't perfect like I said you know and I was just so tough and then finally you know after talking with the coaches and and really just kind of taking a step back I had to embrace it you know embrace it like I did my freshman year and and just go out there and 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 do the best I could at that spot so when I'm at third base I'm at third base I can't be thinking about you know anything else I gotta think about you know what I need to do there and I think once I was able to embrace it and just kind of take it for what it was um 
it was a lot easier for me. And I was it's way easier for me to handle when I was just like, Okay, let's do it, you know, versus oh god, I gotta be I gotta be the best I can be right now. I gotta I gotta be the best at this position. So I, I love that phrase, uh you said about you were overthinking things. Boy, that can just can totally screw us up, can it? Oh yes. <laughs> So um, you had Carol Hutchins as your coach at Michigan, and um, I have a quote here that she said, Chitty, you just need to have fun. That's when you play your best. Uh, do you think that's true of, of all athletes? That, that uh, I'm thinking especially of younger kids and, and their parents and coaches who might be listening to this. Do you think in general players perform better when they're enjoying themselves? Oh yeah, because when you're enjoying yourself, and I and I know especially for me, when I'm out there having fun and I'm enjoying my teammates, I'm enjoying the environment, just kind of taking everything in and just realizing just the opportunities that you have for being out there, and is just you don't think about being perfect, you don't think about all the mechanics you have to do. You don't think about, you know, well, the coach wants me to do this. You don't think about, oh, I got to get this hit. I got to do this. You're just enjoying it and you're, and you're just playing. And, and that's when, you know, I played my best is when I was having fun and I was just loving every second of it. I wasn't, you know, worrying about, oh, runners are on second and third. I, I, I have to get this hit. I have to do this because everyone's expecting me to. You know, I walked up to the plate. It's like, God, I love being out here. Let's go. Bring it on, pitcher. <laughs> and, and it's just like it, it just kind of gives you a whole it's all about the mindset in softball it's all about the mindset and and when you have that loving like I'm gonna have fun and enjoy this mindset you don't all those pressures and all those thinking of what you have to do that just kind of just kind of goes away well that's that's lovely you know Billie Jean King once said that pressure is a privilege that uh, you know most people don't get to play tennis or softball and have lots of people watching them and uh, you know I, I love the way you uh, embrace that uh, rather than like, oh, no, I've got the burden of the world on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we talk about um, the best players also being good at filling their teammates' emotional tanks. Emotional tank is like a gas tank in a car. If your gas tank is empty, you're not going to go very far. And if a player's emotional tank is, is low, they're not going to play their best. Um, what's teammates that you had anywhere, high school, college, national team, have stood out to you in terms of s- people who really filled their teammates' emotional tanks? I think, um, I mean, there's, I mean, there's different, every year you have a different player who kind of, you know, takes in that role. And, and, you know, I know that like someone who stood out to me my freshman year in college was Teddy Ewing. You know, she was always very um, upbeat, very, very encouraging. Anything someone did right, like she was right there to encourage you, you know, and that like really helped me my freshman year, I think. So I think she was one that, that uh, stood out to me. Um, I think this USA team, I think that's, you know, one of the things, it was one of the most enjoyable teams I've played on because everyone was just wanting everyone to do the best that they could. And that really stood out. And I thought that was just, you know, awesome that you have all these great players. And, and, you know, for the most part, everyone was just really encouraging to everyone. And, they, and you know, it didn't, it didn't matter. And I thought that was um, pretty special to be a part of something like that. You know, I, uh, I interviewed uh, your, your national team coach, Ken Erickson, for a podcast like this last year. Um, you know, what, how, how does he uh, help prepare a team to, to do its best? You know, I thought like, the one thing that he had said that um, really stuck out to me was, you, you know, he said, you know, there's so many, like there were so many great players at tryouts. It was the best softball I've ever, 
you know, been a part of was that tryout. And and he said, you know, I didn't pick the best players. I picked the best teammates, you know, and that, that really struck me because, it, you know, we all got along and we all, we all played, we were all passionate. We all played very well together. And it just, it just showed that, you know, that's really kind of what he was going for and, and, and he succeeded with it. And, um, and, you know, he just, he was very encouraging all summer, very positive, positive coach and, you know, very knowledgeable about the game. And, and he pushed us to, you know, our limits when we were at practice. And, you know, it was it was great. Oh, that's great. You know, you had the opportunity to try out for Team USA right after you graduated. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about the process of preparing for that, uh, that challenge and that opportunity. We, you know, I, I got, I was one of the first um, invites in the beginning of the year. So I, I knew that like when it was and when I was invited. So that was, that was pretty awesome. And, you know, we ended, we lost Alabama in the super regional. So I had a week off basically. It was like a week and a half until tryouts. So, um, you know, I just, I kept working out like I would at practice. So I went out there and all my, like, any kind of teammates that were around, they were so happy to help me. Like, I had a different person out there every day. I even had my, my dad and my brothers out there, you know, feeding the machine or hitting ground balls. Just anybody who would go out there to the field with me, I'd go out there every day and just, you know, get my ground balls, work at, you know, Coach Erickson said to catch up on your uh, – brush up on your catching skills so I did some catching and any pitchers that wanted to pitch I I caught for them and and you know I just tried to get myself as as ready as I could and and you know when I went in there I I'm I mean I was up against all these great players and you know they're all great players but I just you know I I was just so happy that to have the opportunity so I just told myself you know what just go in there have fun, do the best you can, and that's that's all I can do. I just got to embrace it and enjoy every second of it, and that's all that's all I can. I've worked hard, I've put in my time, I've done everything that I possibly could do, and I just this is the time I can't put all this pressure on me. I can't like, you know, when it when it comes to this opportunity, you just have to enjoy it. And I wanted to go in there and just say, you know, I got it gave it all everything I had. I had fun with it, and if I made it, I made it. If I didn't, I didn't. And, you know, I just I wanted to make sure I went out without, like, having that pressure. Like, I didn't want putting all that pressure and all that negativity into it. I just wanted to be positive, be me, play my game. And if it got me on the team, then it didn't. If it didn't, then, you know, I tried. So, If it didn't, you could survive and thrive anyway. Exactly. You know, I, I gave it my all, and, and that's all I can give. So if it's not good enough, then, you know, maybe I'll get another opportunity. Yep. You know, you mentioned your parents, your dad coming out and helping you. How how did they uh, help you with your athletic career? They were, I mean, they're just a huge support, you know, and, and they, they've taken, I mean, I have four brothers, so they, we've all played sports. So just, they were just crazy people driving us all around to all of our different games and, they were such a, you know, great support with me throughout my whole career. And, and, you know, I, I remember there were times where my dad would, you know, get on me. And I remember telling my mom, mom, like, I can't, I don't like that. I don't like when you guys talk to me after the games like that and just get on me and stuff. I was like, I need you guys to be encouraging. And I remember making that comment. And ever since then, never once was there anything about like I ever once I've did I ever feel pressure from my parents and that was back when I was like 11 I made that comment so or 12 you know when I first started playing travel ball and so for my parents to you know 
just be that support for me and be that positive encouragement through everything. Like, even if I had a bad game, they asked me, like, well, did you play hard? Did you give it your all? I was like, yeah. They're like, okay, well, that's all you can do. You know, there's another game. We can get it that next game. And they were such, you know, and that's where I get my positive attitude from a lot from them. And just because they were such a good encouragement for me throughout my whole career. And, you know, and it's just, it was, it was huge to have that because if I had to go home to someone telling me, well, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you need to do this, you need to do that, I wouldn't enjoy it anymore. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been enjoyable for me. But, you know, them coming to the game and afterwards saying, well, good job, like, well, what about this? And ask me questions about the game, like, you know, and it's all about, they, they knew how I was. So sometimes after games, my mom would tell me, we were talking about it and she told me, she goes, you know, sometimes I could see that you didn't want to talk about it. So I would just let you cool off. And then she goes, and then after an hour, you just wouldn't be quiet about it. <laughs> but then if I asked you before you were ready, she goes, well, that was never good. I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, I, uh, there's two things I love about that. One is that you at 11 or 12 could tell your parents um, hey, I need you to, to be supportive of me, not, uh, you know, not criticizing me all the time. And then that they were uh, able to hear that from you because a lot of parents aren't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a lovely story. Um, you know, for, for, uh, we talk about responsible coaches and responsible sports parents. And for the sports parents who are out there who may have a son or a daughter with the kind of talent uh, and the potential uh, that you had when you were younger, any advice to give them for what they can do to help their kid uh, get the most out of sports? Well, it's just I think that just kind of embracing every opportunity that you're given. You know, you gotta you gotta go in there, and you can't. I think one thing that has helped me as a as a player is I never once was satisfied or. Um, said, okay, well, this is where I'm at, and this, I'm good enough now. Like, I don't need to learn anymore. I know everything, you know. I There's always something more that you can learn. There's always different opportunities you can have, and there's always something more. Like, you can never just be, you know, okay, that's it. And and I think just having that positive attitude and, and, and believing in what you want, like, you have to have your goals. And, you know, I, I can say that every goal that I've set, I've been able to reach because I'm not going to give up until I get there. And just kind of having that attitude of just positive and knowing that you can do it is going to get you a lot further than than most because some people just become complacent they they think that okay well I've done everything you know there's nothing more for me well there's always something more like there's always something more you can you can achieve you know if you've got one goal go get another one make another one and 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 don't don't ever set yourself short so you know what strikes me is uh you really have a growth mindset um you know Carol Dweck uh, wrote, writes about the fixed mindset, which is I'm smart or I'm not. I'm talented or I'm not. And a growth mindset is um, I can get smarter if I work hard. I can get better at my sport if I work hard. And uh, you know, you really have a teachable spirit that way. That's uh, that's really lovely. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something like, and it, it, yeah, it's not gonna be one thing. Like, I'm not gonna, oh, I'm gonna go out and hit ten buckets of balls. All right, I'm gonna be the best hitter. Like, it's not. It's it's a process. And I think you know, Hutch has stressed the process, and and even Norm in high school, they both stress that the process. It's a process. You have to trust in the process. You have to believe in the process, and you're gonna get to where you want. You can't just always think of that and the the end result. You have to think of the little goals and the little processes that are gonna get you there. Yeah. You know, I, I know this last summer you were, you did a clinic back near your hometown. Um, what message did you pass along to the high school kids who were there who wanted to wanted to be you, wanted to achieve the kind of success you've had? 
Um, you know, one thing that uh, kind of one time I was, I don't know, my brother sent me a text message and and it was something that Jessica Mendoza said. And, and it was, they were talking about, you know, how do I become or how do I be the best player? Or how do I do this? How do I do that? And Jessica Mendoza made a comment by saying, you know what, you can't try to be all these other players. You can't try to be... Like, if you're some small little girl, you can't try to be, you know, uh, a Crystal Bustos and hit all these home runs. You know, you can't try to be who you're not. And and that really stuck to me, and that's kind of like the message I've been really giving to kids is, like, you have to embrace you. You have to, you know, not many people have my personality where I just love being everywhere. I'm just a very passionate person. And if I try to be somebody else and, and didn't have that passion or didn't try to, you know, be somebody I wasn't, you know, I tried that one time, and, and my game is it's not to where – that's not what makes me the player I am. And I want kids – I kind of wanted the kids to understand that, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's unique in your own way, and you have to embrace that because that's what makes you stand out versus other players. Like, why do I want a full team of peak girls acting the same exact way? Like, your uniqueness is what brings you out and what stands you out um, to different people and it's what makes you the best player that you can be it makes you the player you are and I think just embracing that and trying to figure out okay you know I I'm not going to be a home run hitter so I'm not going to try to wind up and crush the ball every time to try to hit home runs I'm going to be more of a contact hitter I'm going to hit those gaps I'm going to hit for average I'm not going to hit for you know a ton of RBIs you just kind of have to embrace what you're being asked or you know what you know that you are doing well at and just go with it yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Uh, one last question, Amanda. Um, a, a big a big deal for us with Positive Coaching Alliance and the Responsible Sports Program is what we call honoring the game. <coughs> um, you know, treating your opponents, the officials, uh, with respect, uh, the rules, uh, etc. Um, any advice? We we see so many coaches, parents, and sometimes players who just get frustrated when there's a bad umpire's call. Um, what, what, do you have to, uh, what, what do you have to say for people about uh, the importance of honoring the game? You know, that's something that Hutch always stresses to us. And, and she said, you know, you have to respect the game or else the game's not going to respect you. So, you know, if, if we're disrespecting and, and not really – you know, giving the game everything, then we're not going to get, you know, the results that we want. We're not going to achieve what we want to achieve. And, and she makes that clear when, you know, if we hit a pop-up and we don't sprint it out, like if we don't run it out and try to get to second base, because what if they drop it, you know? If you're just kind of like all mad, of the res- like you just popped it up, so you're just kind of moping, she's like, that's not respecting the game. And so, you know what? Like you don't deserve to do- to be successful. You don't deserve You don't deserve that. And it's the same that goes with umpires, you know? If you're sitting there bashing on all these umpires, like, you know, they're just, they're human. They make mistakes, too, just like you make mistakes. So, yeah, you can get frustrated, but, you know, it's one of those things where get frustrated and be like, oh, like, but you have no control over that. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing is you got to be able to control the controllables. And um, Hutch always stresses that, control the controllables. And, and if you can control that, then you'll be able to take care of the rest. So the umpires, you have zero control over that. So if they're making bad calls, you yelling and getting frustrated over it, what is it going to do? It's not going to do anything for anyone. So you know what? Okay, 
they made a bad call, whatever. We have to come back and get this next one. So you got to keep moving forward and just taking it one pitch at a time because if you keep dwelling in the past and keep dwelling on all those bad calls they keep making, that's in the past now. So what is what what can you change? You can't change it. So you're in the present to so make the adjustment or make make the change now so that we can grow from it, that we can succeed from it and, and move forward, that, not dwelling in it. Well, that's really lovely. You know, one of the things that strikes me about coaches who – Control, uh, who complain about officials' calls is that, in one sense, they're giving their kids an excuse not to try hard. Like, oh, how can we, how can we win if the umpires are against us? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all do it. It's just being able to kind of control it and maintain it, and not let it get out of hand. Yeah, yeah. Amanda, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and uh, share your uh, your wisdom that. Lots and lots of coaches, parents, and youth athletes are going to listen to. And um, I wish you all the best in your, uh, in your career. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on a mastery approach to youth sports that includes creating a commitment to learning, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.